Hello and welcome to episode number 35 of the Solo Women RV podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Belge. My guest this week is Terry Groves. Terry made the transition from a very structured military life to the much more free life of a full-time RVer after she had a near-death experience that ended her military career. It hasn't always been easy, and as Terry admits, she had a lot to learn along the way. Terry shares with us today some of those lessons she's learned after a full time of RV travel and how the reality is different from the fantasy she had when she started out. I want to welcome <laughs> you, Terry. Uh, my guest Hello. today is Terry Groves, and Terry and I uh, kind of became connected because we're part of the same Facebook group of other solo women. And Terry put a announcement in there that she's been traveling now for about a year. And did anyone want to know some of the lessons that she's learned along the way? I know I'm paraphrasing what you said, but, um, and I was like, oh, I would love to have you come on and share some of those things on the podcast. So here we are. So thanks a lot, Terry, for agreeing to be our guest today. Is this your first podcast? It, it is. In my past life, I, you know, had to do stuff like this as far as my position, but now I get to do it for fun. So awesome. I'm trying not to be the perfectionist. <laughs> okay. No, this is supposed to be fun. So let's make it fun. Now, um, see, that's been my theme with is this last month. It's like, how fun can I make this? Cause I'm totally making it like my career used to be. So <laughs> ah, yes, it's hard to switch gears, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I mean, like almost 30 years, I was, I, I was in the military career. I was professional and worked for the Department of Defense. And, you know, that's a big change because it was always coming to work and have 50 things on my board that I had to get done that day. Yeah. So um, now I'm trying to switch gears because also part of that was my, you know, I was raising kids mm -hmm. as a single parent. So, uh, I mean, I had so many things. I was just on the wheel, you know, every day was the wheel <laughs> so, Yeah. to think of this kind of lifestyle now where I'm looking out in the middle of nowhere, right. um, mountains and the beauty and just getting connected with nature again is just astounding to my brain because I mean, that's what, I mean, that's another life away of what I used to be. So, yeah, you know, it's interesting. You talk about stepping off the wheel, like, um, you can't just jump off or you'll, you'll go tumbling. Right. So it has to be kind right. of a gradual progression into yeah. whatever comes next. And I think, uh, it sounds like you're slowly getting to that point where you're yeah. at what's next. Well, uh, and I, I'm actually on my one year anniversary of this lifestyle to where I you know, I've never been afraid to dump, jump into the deep end of the pool. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> after I got everything ready and everything organized and I was ready to go, I sold my home in Michigan mm -hmm. and took the leap of faith. <laughs> um, I was ready to start doing this step, but I, I think it really is an on-the-job learning type step. Oh, yeah. You, know, you got to get into it before you really know I mean I was always on the outside looking in mm -hmm. so when I sold my home my fantasy brain said 
oh, it's going to be like this. And I'm going to, I can travel the world yeah, <laughs> and I could just go and go and go. But then the reality set in of, okay, I've got a camper. Gas is like really expensive mm-hmm. right now. I've got, what am I going to pull the camper with? You know, what's this thing going to look like? And so now the reality is setting in of, okay, okay, how can I get back to Michigan by May, <laughs> you know, on a set income? So, you know, a lot of things come into play once you get into it and you're out on the road and you start to see the expense that you incur. Yeah. And believe me, there's some people that I've met along the way. I mean, they have families out on the road. Mm-hmm. They have a truck. They had like they were camped across from me. They're super nice people, and their truck broke down like three or four times. Mm. And we're talking about like thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. And then they had an issue with their camper, and then they had to have it all pulled back to Arizona to get the stuff taken care of. I mean, so there's some real concerns when when women, especially, are considering this lifestyle of you know you've got to have good playing skills you've got to have more than just that fantasy part however you don't know it until you get out there and do it so I mean right that's a good point yeah I always encourage people to make sure they have some resources I think some women head out imagining this is going to be cheaper than living in their their sticks and bricks (laughs) home and it can be but it depends on you know, what you want to do. If you want to drive every day and see all the things, it's going to be probably more expensive. Well, and, and I think that as I assess now the past year, it's not, it's not cheaper Mm -hmm. in my view. My view is it's not cheaper, but I do get a lot more satisfaction out of it because I get to see things I've never seen either. You know, I can, I can travel every day if I want to do that or I can sit for a month and do it mm-hmm. that way and explore. Yeah, Terry, let's talk a little bit about um, your story, kind of back up for a minute. And um, <laughs> up until the end. <laughs> let's hear a bit about how you decided that this is what you wanted to do. And then and then maybe a couple of places where you've been and where you're going, that kind of thing. Okay. Well, uh, a little bit of background is, you know, when I was young, my grandmother took me camping. And I think that that probably made the biggest impact on me. Mm. And that's what I'm going to do for my granddaughter. Mm. And it helped me to really love traveling and camping and just that, that environment of being out in the open and enjoying the time together. So I think as a child, I was able to do that with my family and it, and it really made an impact on me that way. Grandma would pack up the camper and I'd help her pack it. It and you know we'd go to church camp with her, but mm-hmm. <laughs> to me that was camping, you know. Yeah. And so yeah, it was great. It was a great time. So as I got older, being in the military, you know, I'm used to being out in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. and we would do a lot of movements. And so you know, the lifestyle kind of was always there of traveling and being different places all the time. So I, I kind of got used to that lifestyle. So I think it was an easier transition for me. Mm -hmm. Um, being in the military growing up that way then maybe most people I don't know um, but that kind of helped me to make the transition I think I started to this has been like a completely I would say the journey started think I started thinking about it in 2015 because I I almost died in a military accident oh wow that 
changed okay. everything. My okay. whole life changed mm-hmm. in 2015. So from that moment on, I had to assess what my future looked like because yeah. I would have stayed in the military forever <laughs> until he kicked me out because okay. I, I did love it, you know. Yeah. Um, but after having that experience of a near-death experience, I had to start assessing, you know, what am I doing with my life? Mm. Where am I going? So that started the process of thinking, you know, it would be kind of neat to travel. I mean, I've never done it. I've always been in an office in the bottom of a building in a top secret room, Mm. you know. Um, So I didn't know what that looked like. So what I did after that was, uh, okay, so 2015 started the journey. I started to assess what am I going to do next? Because my brain was always, well, I'm going to be in the military forever. I'm going to work for the government forever. Mm-hmm. Well, not anymore. Mm. So 2015, 2016 was a rough year. I had a lot of medical issues um, after the accident. I had to get that taken care of mm-hmm. and, and get better. Then the VA started to take care of my, do my care. I got out of the military because they wouldn't let me reenlist because of my medical issues mm. um, so then I, I I moved back to Michigan I took my last position in Indiana and lucky for me I my, all my family family is in Michigan so I was able to start making the next step but mm-hmm. as I was doing that um, because one of my conditions is I have a lot of uh, vertigo and mm. a lot of residual stuff from the accident. Um, I am 100% disabled as a veteran and all because of the accident. So mm. after that, you know, my decision-making process wasn't that good. I had another accident. I fell down a flight of stairs and that really did another number. I mean, so here uh-huh. I am sitting in my backyard in Michigan because I, I bought a home, I, you know, because I was still planning the next stuff. Um, I've got broken bones everywhere. I've got, oh, gosh. I mean, it was really messy for a little bit. Wow. Um, you know, like 10 stitches in my head. I mean, it was a horrible fall. So that didn't make things better. Um, so then I'm sitting in the backyard. So if you can, if you can imagine you're sitting in your backyard, your whole life, you've been, you've worked for the military, worked for the Department of Defense for like the last 10 years of your career. And now you have no career. Your kids are now grown. They're out on their own. They're doing their own thing. Um, and it, you can't even move. I mean, I, I had to have my re, my shoulder redone. I had broken wow. ribs. I mean, <laughs> my head yeah. was broken. And I'm sitting out and with chickens that I got, you know, when I moved yeah. to Michigan, sitting out and the chickens are all flocking under me. I mean, it was just a time of like you lose everything. I lost everything. Yeah. And trying to figure out what's next. Mm. So I think, you know, that was probably the hardest moment in my life. Yeah. Was continuing on. Yeah. Gosh. Well, first of all, uh, Terry, I do want to thank you for your service. It's definitely um, appreciated that I know this was your career and your life, but it's also a sacrifice and a commitment that you made. So I want to thank you for that time. Um, that well, you I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I loved it. Honestly. I mean, you know what, it was hard a lot, 
but I loved every minute of it. And as a woman, you know, that I always counted my life as like a grateful, I was so grateful for the path I was on because a lot of women in a, as a single trying to raise three teenagers mm-hmm. didn't have the life that I had. I was able to take care of them. I had a good salary. I had a lot of things on my side that was quite a blessing. Mm. So I always consider myself to be blessed in that regard because I was able to get degrees. I was able to, you know, mm. <laughs> I was working on finishing my master's and I had the first accident. I mean, I've got a lot of education and I mean, a lot of that was get, was was provided to me because of my lifestyle, you know, the choices I made up to that point as far as military. So I know that a lot of women aren't in that position. And I always thought I was very grateful for the things that I had and I was able to give to my children. I want to say, you know, when I think of women who have been in the military, excuse my language, but I feel, I feel like they're, you know, they're kind of badasses. And (laughs) is it my tattoos? (laughs) I mean, I just think that you get the training to be really competent. You're in a pretty male dominated kind of culture and you probably learn a lot of things and a lot of ways to be independent. Now that might just be my, um, you know, my stereotype about that, but I did want to ask you like, what is it about your military background that did prepare you for solo RV life? And everything you said is correct. I mean, the one thing I can say about the military is, you know, and I don't know what people hear all the time on the new TV or whatever, but really we don't, all the units that I've ever been in, we, it wasn't about gender or race. Mm. We saw each other as green and I'm old school. So it was green. Okay. Um, so we just, you know, the next person was the person in the suit, you know, that yeah. wore the uniform. It was never, I never saw anything other than that. So I think that it, it did, it does prepare you as a woman to be, um, to be able to combat things on your own mm-hmm. because we get so much training, extensive training on hand to hand combat, you know, military readiness, um, arms handling. I mean, there's so many things that we get to um, experience as women that we don't normally see in regular society I mean I think we still have some of the gender issues in just regular everyday life but in the military I never had that issue Mm. so I think as a strong woman it it helped you also like when you were in like an environment where there were all men like there's times when I was the only female with like a hundred guys yeah and so and that's because of my positions you know and then if another woman come in, you're so grateful you can connect, you know? <laughs> so being out on the road, it's like, I, t- I usually talk to everybody. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter to me because like, I'm not really that intimidated by some dude that comes up with an attitude, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah. dude, I can take you down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I think it just gives you the mental readiness. Mm-hmm. Something um, bigger than maybe what you envisioned as a child or whatever as a a young girl yeah Um, I think it prepared me for for a lot of things because when I was young I grew up in a small town and 
you know, my, my whole ambition in life was to leave that town. And I actually put in my yearbook, I was, you know, I, I wanted to be in the military. I was going to be mm. in the army forever. Mm. And there you go. Yeah. So, so what are maybe some other things that you learned in the military that really translate to this lifestyle? When you're in the middle of nowhere and you don't know anybody and you're driving a big truck, because I used to drive a semi, and you have a tank on the back of your truck and you're lost in the middle of a little bitty town that's this big and you can't maneuver around, don't freak out. Yeah. <laughs> it, really, it. it helps you keep, you've learned to keep your cool. You've learned that you can handle situations. Uh, yeah. I mean, there was times when... <laughs> I mean, I'm not perfect. I would get, we didn't have GPS then. I mean, we're talking when I was in Europe, so mm. the beginning of my career, I would go through these little bitty German towns and you'd have a foot map. So, and if it wasn't a map like here, like a big, you know, Texas map where you can go, okay, I'm going on this road to this Autobahn to this. No, it would have this Autobahn. Then you got to flip 10 pages over to find the rest of the route. Mm. <laughs> So there were times that I would get lost and I would end up in this little bitty town and have to, in the middle of the night, have to figure out how to turn around. Or there were times when the town was so small that only my truck could go down, you know, through there. And those drivers over there, no joke, they never had mercy on oh, army folk. Because <laughs> I, yeah. I would, I would have to scrape my mirror on my passenger side would scrape all the way down these apartment buildings oh wow go, <laughs> Yikes. so i get to the other side of it and go okay it's still there i'm good yeah. <laughs> so i guess you know just learning the competence of not getting intimidated out on the road helped mm. me for this lifestyle because when i'm driving you know i'm just as good as the next guy right and some of them can't even back up a trailer so <laughs> yeah well, so I would say that, you know, that for a lot of women out there, I just want them to remember they got this because everybody's out there and learning. Yeah, that's a way, a good way to look at it. Everyone's learning. So that was one of the things that you did want to talk about is some of the lessons that you learned in your first year. Um, what are some of the things that, that you really learned either about yourself or about um, travel? I think the biggest thing for me, because I am used to, even though I went out on the road, you know, in the military, or we went on missions where we were separated from the rest of the group, we were always together, you know. And so for me, the, the hardest thing, the biggest transition for me has been dealing with the loneliness mm. of traveling alone. Mm -hmm. And so, and when when it comes down to it, I have to have my own back, you know, yeah. like I have to pay attention to the people that are around me. I have to pay attention to my camper. And I mean, I get a, a, obsessive with it go, okay, <laughs> are the tires aired up? Okay. Is any, everything done? And you know, my, my military brain that's been injured a few times is like, ah, damn, halfway down the road. I forgot to put the antenna down. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I don't usually make a checklist, but I, you know, I probably, I do make a little checklist of things I have to do before I leave. Mm -hmm. um, but anyways, so I think that being alone and doing this is totally separate than doing this lifestyle. Cause mm -hmm. most people have, 
you know, person that can also have another pair of eyes to make sure everything's taken care of, if there's any issues that they are helping them. So I think the natural inclination is to, at times, be a little obsessive about it, you know, like, Mm. oh my gosh, I'm by myself. Did I get everything right? Is everything good? Okay. Oh my gosh, where am I going? You know, it's like, just breathe. Yeah. (laughs) Just breathe. You got this. Just go down the road. Things will fall into place. So what, what kind of tricks or strategies do you have for, you know, the loneliness part? Yeah, well, loneliness and the uh, doing all the things you have to do by yourself, both of those things. Well, um, the loneliness part, I'm actually writing a book, so it, it helps me to take my mind off of the feeling part of it. Oh. And so and it's also a trick that we learned in the military is that we were so prepared, over prepared, that when time came, push came to shove your emotions weren't part of that. Mm. So sometimes, you know, it's good when you're out there to remember that your emotions are going to play a big part of the things that you're doing, the new lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And, and if you can acclimate them to say it's okay and to let that part go, then you can help. The loneliness isn't as bad mm. because it's an emotional response to, you know, oh my gosh, some, you know, it could be freak out mode. Some it could be, you know, but your emotions come in and have it on havoc on having good travel. So, I mean, that's a great perspective, Terry. I've never really heard anyone put it quite that way. I really like how you said that. That's great. So I would say that just breathe. It's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Make mistakes, please. Make mistakes. Right. Because if you don't, you're not going to learn. Right. Good like point. for the life of me, I cannot get my hose to be tight enough where it doesn't drip. Oh, you might need <laughs> to change your washers, but okay. Yeah, I know. And I, I so make mistakes. You know, yeah. that's another thing I've learned in the last year. If you don't make mistakes, you can't figure out how to do it a different way. And there is no right way or wrong way. There's just another way to do it. Mm-hmm. Like I've had this dripping problem across the United States and I changed hoses. <laughs> and I don't know some dude came up to my camper once and said hey can I help you with that and I'm like yeah sure tightened it up it worked fine so I guess it's a learning curve for mm, me yeah <laughs> so, yeah yeah and that that's one of the things that I had to learn is not be not be afraid to either accept or ask for help that's something yeah, exactly. that that I think is a lesson to be learned for me it was a lesson to be learned on the road yeah it, it requires some humility, especially mm-hmm. if you've been, you know, in certain places at the top, as you perceive it to be yeah. for a long time. It's hard to, to be in that place to say, hey, can you give me a hand? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. As a military gal, it was hard for me to say sometimes, hey, can you give me a hand? Because <laughs> I'm just as good as the men. Well, yeah. <laughs> And sometimes they need a hand too, though. You got to remember that, right? I know, exactly. So, but some of them do get so condescending about it. It's like, okay, dude, you cannot help me. Okay. (laughs) Anyways, I think the greatest experience I've had, and I'm almost on my first year. So I think next week is my first year anniversary that I sold my home and started out on the road. And I didn't start out this way. 
I started out just not having a plan. Mm. I sold my house and said, okay, I'm hitting the road. (laughs) Wow. Okay. I'm hitting the road. So as I've progressed through the year, now I'm talking about planning. Now I'm Mm. talking about realities. Now I'm talking about this and talking about that. How did it go without a plan? Ooh, girl, it was scary. I mean, Mm. my life has always been planned. Mm -hmm. everything has been planned it was the first time in my life that I didn't have a plan I mean we're talking you know military career I mean and kids I had to have everything planned out to the second of every day just so that if I fell they all fell but this time I just felt I couldn't let go within me the desire to travel Mm -hmm. go to nowheresville to not plan. I couldn't let go of that. I mean, trust me, I tried. I mean, through the year, <laughs> well, before I started the year, I was like, why am I doing this? I can't do this. I'm just not, I'm in a good place. I'm in a good place. So then I'm finally like, okay, it's not going away. All right. We're going to do this thing. Yeah. So, good. I mean, can, it was scary. You couldn't push did, that voice away. Yeah. You couldn't push I that voice away. Go. So I started out by going down to Arkansas and see my granddaughter, of course. I mm-hmm. have to start. Everything starts there. Mm. <laughs> um, and what I did was I just stayed at friends' houses down there. And that was one, one of my last duty stations. And I slept on couches. And I'm like, nah, I really didn't want this to be the way I was going to go. So I went back and went back to Michigan after about a month and a half. And I stayed at my sister's in Northern Michigan and I stayed in a tent. And so mm-hmm. I tented it for a couple of months. And I was like, what, I, what my intention was is I bought a Jeep and I put a rack on it and I was going to put a tent on top and be an oh, overlander. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was going to just pack it full of stuff and, and just hit the road. But after staying at my sister's, I realized, you know what? I, I don't feel that secure in a tent. Mm. You have storms, you have people take take your stuff. I mean, I don't know if this is the way I want to travel. So not having a plan helped me to make, you know, as I see mistakes to say, yeah, to reevaluate and assess, you know, I don't know that this is the lifestyle that I envisioned when I did this. You know, Mm -hmm. of course we dream of the 45 foot three axle fifth wheel. (laughs) Maybe it's me. (laughs) I I don't, but okay. And the big truck, you know, we're just going to go across the, you know, we're going to do the whole, uh, what's the, to the transatlantic highway from Alaska to, yeah. <laughs> to South America. So mm. um, that, that becomes uh, something that changes when you get into the reality of it. So, um, yeah. So, so you were in I, a tent. Yeah. I yeah. So- summer. And then I condo sat for friends in Florida. I, I don't know. I tend to make friends everywhere I go. So, and I like to serve. I do like to serve people. And so I was always volunteered to do things. So going down to Florida was another two month hiatus from traveling where I was still thinking of how I wanted to do it. So I went back to Michigan, was still doing the tenting, stayed at my son's in Michigan and decided, you know what, I'm enjoying this lifestyle even though there's no plan and no, no nothing of how this is actually going to come together. And so I went and started looking at trailers 
Okay. So I decided that was a little bit of planning because I I knew that gas prices, I could already see the writing on the wall. They were starting to go. So my Jeep did not get good gas mileage and I had a lot of mechanical problems. I knew that that wasn't the way I wanted to do it for the long haul, because if I'm going to go from the Atlantic to the Pacific, which became a goal, I've got to have a vehicle that's going to be stable. Mm -hmm. So I went traded in my Jeep, got a truck. Well, actually, one step before that, I I had bought the trailer. I, I just looked at it online. It all worked out good. It had solar and I oh. planned on going off grid. Mm-hmm. So I did have things in the back of my brain of that I wanted because I'd already experienced traveling in a tent. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to always have energy. I wanted to have a shower. I wanted to have a kitchen. And so I lo- I found this ePro, which I had seen, uh, you know, back in 2015, I'd looked at it a little bit. And I'm like, yeah, you know, if that works out, that's going to be a good way to do it. So I went and looked at it, took my Jeep, and got there and said, hey, I'm, I'm going to buy this thing. Let's do this today. So I go, to, I, I go to hook it to my Jeep. And all summer, I had problems with the Jeep. Oh. <laughs> I kept seeing the writing on the wall because I love the Jeep. Um I go to hook it on and the bumper bust in half. (laughs) Oh gosh. I guess that Jeep wasn't equipped to carry that EPRO. It wasn't even that much. It was only 2000 pounds, right? The, the bumper weight's only like 211. So it, and to me, it was just a sign to say, (laughs) I've had problems all summer with this. Now the bumper busted, it's gotta go. So (laughs) I went and got this gigantic truck. And I went back to, I had to go from Michigan to Chicago, went back to get it and pulled it out, went to my sons. And from that time on, it was, it was go. Come to find out this truck has so many bells and whistles for pulling, Mm -hmm. has flex fuel, it has so many things that help with traveling. Because if I'm pulling the little trailer with this, it, it switches from V8 to V4. So the gas mileage is way better. So if I'm not pushing it, I go 55. I can run it in half the motor. And so your gas mileage goes further. And so I, I've had a, the opportunity to travel and to mooch dock and, <laughs> you know, stay at places. And I, I think for me, what I've learned in the last year is that I think I kind of like the balance of both worlds of having a home and traveling. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think that as I travel, like that desire to have a place that you can go back to is appealing to me. Okay. And so, and it only became appealing to me as I continue to travel and move and, and go and go and go. I also have that desire to be in one place and to be settled for a little bit, you know? Yeah. Okay. So I think that's kind of what I've learned in the last year is that I I think I probably need to have a balance of both, even though I'm enjoying myself now and traveling. Mm -hmm. I think probably eventually I will have maybe a small place somewhere where I can call it home. Okay. Yeah. We learn these things about ourselves as we go along, right? Yeah. I mean, so that's what's happened with the no plan. Okay. And where have you traveled to? Where have you gone? Okay, so I went from 
northern Michigan to southern Michigan. Then I went to Arkansas, so all the states in between there. Went to South Carolina to visit friends. So Mm -hmm. I was technically starting my trip in Savannah, Georgia. Mm. However, as I started to travel, (laughs) here's another thing I've learned. Check the weather. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Check the weather because my my camper was winterized and I was so afraid to, you know, not have it not winterized anymore that I, I didn't use the shower. I didn't use all the capabilities I had because I knew it was winter time. And so when I first took it to Michigan, I'm glad it was winterized because note to self, if it's frozen outside, do not open your awning. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So I was like, that was a lesson I learned like the first week I had it. Okay. <laughs> so um, I, I went to South Carolina, visited friends down there for about a, a month, and we did a bunch of stuff. We went to a lot of the campgrounds and, I mean, just exploring things. And I've continued to do things that I felt on my heart was where I needed to go. Mm-hmm. Even though I was in a tent last summer, I think it was the greatest summer I've had because I had no plan. What I did was I spent a lot of time with old friends from high school, family, mm. you know, I mean, I've never had the opportunity to nurture that. Mm. I've always had to be the one with the plan and to do this and the wheel and everything that comes at us from, you know, in life and, yeah. and go and go and go. And one day you can do that. Well, one day came. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh. I find that that it grounded me to be back in connection with the people that really were my roots anyways. Mm. So that's another thing I've learned as I've been on the road for a year is the most important things in life were right there in front of me. Yeah. Family, friends, Mm -hmm. uh, my hometown, you know, the Mm -hmm. things that, you know, writing, you know, writing Mm. is part of my you know, when I start to feel a certain way, I go and I start writing. And um, I think I do have the title for the book. And I and it's actually just going to be a book of letters to people from my past. Nice. So it's not about travel. It's more just a personal type book. It's going to be a personal journal, probably. Wow. We'll see how daring I get with being vulnerable. So. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so that that's where I'm going to go with that. But that that's actually actually been the thing I've reconnected with as well is that I've always loved to write, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so it helps me, like if I do feel a certain way, to go back into that space, and then I can come back out of the space and do other things like explore and hike. Okay. So are you? <laughs> so you talked about wanting to go from Atlantic to Pacific. Have you yeah. accomplished that? How far are you along in that? Well, I, because the weather, I keep reminding myself it's February and it's cold in the North everywhere. Yeah. When I started coming across 10, so I've been taking, I'm taking 10 all the way across. To, I'm still debating on going into California just because of the gas prices. Um, yeah. Gas is definitely going to be a hindrance for travel this summer, I think. But it's actually slowed me down because I, I, I stayed in Florida. I'm coming across 10. Um, I stopped in Florida and I stayed there for a few weeks just because the people there were super nice at this campground I stayed at. 
And I think I'll probably, I'll end up going back to that place because, you know, some of the friends I've taken with me and we text all the time and stuff like that. So I left Florida and I've been going east. I didn't want to stop in Mississippi, Alabama and Louisiana just because it was a little colder. Mm. So I went to South Texas Mm. and the parks here have been great. And I've stayed in state parks everywhere I've went. They've been great because they, I have a lot of benefits for the state of Texas as far as being a disabled veteran. Oh, okay. So I get a, I get a a free pass that um, I don't have to pay like certain fees. I just pay my lot rent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Camping spot. (laughs) Your fee, your campground fee. Yeah. Right. So I just pay that and they've been really cheap. I mean, there's been places that have been great that have been like $18 for like three days. I mean, if you could find a break somewhere in your camping, um, take advantage of any of the breaks you can. And yeah. because it, it's no joke. I mean, these expenses add up. If you go yeah. to a place that's $40 a day, if you calculate yeah. that on a monthly basis, that's going to end up being expensive. Right. So, you know, back to the traveling part, uh, the reality and the fantasy, mm. those are costs that you have to calculate because unless you're in New Mexico, Arizona, and I think some places in California and the land isn't, you know, you can go there for free in certain spots. Mm-hmm. It's going to get very expensive, very fast. Right. And if you don't have a sustainable income, you've got to calculate the cost of staying at a place. Right. So, so that's just another lesson I've learned on the road is that you, you got to be frugal. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And so, I'm assuming you're, you are supporting yourself with some kind of pension from the military. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I have disability and then I also have, I'm a hundred percent disabled. So. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's very good. I mean, I'm, I'm blessed that way because I know a lot of people don't have that, but I still have to be frugal with my income. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I have to factor in. I, I tried to put that on my initial post too. You have to calculate, you know, your traveling expense, your gas expense, your your RV expense, because you know, unless you pay cash for it, you're gonna have to pay a payment on it. Right. You got a truck. I have to pay a payment on a truck. So, you know, all these things have to balance out as far as you going from park to park to park. Mm-hmm. So, and and I'm learning that. You know, when I've been here in Texas, this is my fifth park, and I will officially be leaving for New Mexico Friday. Okay. So I actually met some older gals that are across from me at this park, and they're like, "Hey, come up with the come come with us to Deming," and I'm like, "What's in Deming, New Mexico?" They're like, "This they belong to this group called Loner Travelers, something like that." Yeah. And we're going up there for a meetup. And I'm like, oh, really? There's another, there's more groups out there. Yeah. <laughs> I guess there's a lot of groups because, you know, you have Facebook. And so I'm going to look it up and I may follow them. I don't know. Yeah. It's nice to connect with community when you're, when you're all alone, because then you can have time by yourself when you want it or time with community. Right. But I had one experience that has left an impression where like, I know when I initially put a post on Facebook, I want, you know, especially women to be careful of their surroundings and everything. Well, after about a week there, I started to feel comfortable and everything. And nobody was there except for the two tents that were like three spaces down. Um, 
there were a couple of guys that stayed there. Well, okay. So the last, uh, for some reason, the guys walks over there, like when everybody was gone from this whole space, walks over there with beer and says, hey, you want to come over and have some help with us? It seems how everybody's gone. Oh. Girl. No. <laughs> my answer, shut my door and lock it. <laughs> That's why I didn't have a tent, okay? <laughs> So yeah. it was just weird. The guy's like, we're not leaving till Saturday. Come over, have dinner with us, blah, blah, blah. Well, the next morning, I said, no. Next day, I got up and they were gone. Mm. So, you know, I mean, there has to be a balance in safety. I mean, you could talk to everybody. But, you know, as women, we just need to trust our intuition. Because right. a lot of times it tells us, you know, yeah, be on alert. Or, yeah, you could talk to that person. I mean, mm -hmm. just be observant of our surroundings. But intuition yeah. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, keep us safe. Listen to that. It's been a really great conversation, Terry. I appreciate all your little tidbits um, that you've shared with us. Um, is there anything that you didn't share that you definitely wanted to, to get out there to women who are traveling? I, I think probably the first thing, and I've said it before, is I would try to dispel the fantasy and reality part before okay. you get on the road mm -hmm. um because it's a very real place i mean there's a lot of things you're gonna come up against uh obstacles or you know emotions or there's a lot of things that could come into play when you're out there traveling mm -hmm. so i would just say you know be in it for the long haul mm -hmm. it's not an overnight success take your mm -hmm. time yeah if you're backing up and you're taking your time and you figure out which way your trailer goes left or right. And you're not worried about what other people think about you. You'll, you'll get it after a while. Mm -hmm. So take your time, you know, you got this. I mean, if I can encourage one person to understand that you can do this lifestyle, yeah. it just takes planning. It takes understanding the lifestyle you're committing to. Yeah. You know, there's a lot or not planning like you you started out even with no plan. Yeah. <laughs> no planning. Well, I mean, um, yeah. So, you know, there has to be a balance of planning, but yet no planning. <laughs> gotcha. So <laughs> let me let me uh, let me just I don't know if you articulated this to me. What was your fa the fantasy that you had before you headed out? It was that I was going to be able to go on the on the uh, transatlantic highway with a <laughs> mm. ginormous camper and a giant truck, and I was just going to be able to go, 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 go without any consequences. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah. So, um, and that everything was always going to be this this place that I always envisioned in my mind. Mm. this perfect environment oh my gosh I get to see these mountains oh look at this and look at that and look at that but I can say that if money is an issue it will overshadow everything mm. mm -hmm. if your trailer is an issue it will overshadow everything the enjoyment factor goes away when your trailer is broke all the time right that fun factor goes away when you have no money left mm -hmm. so I think that those are the things that I, I am learning to try to get the, try to understand the balance. And so I would say 
as women, when you're out there shopping and you're looking, make sure your stuff works, your equipment. Right. Know your equipment. And and I chose a camper that was newer just because everything's newer and I didn't want to have to be out in the middle of nowhere and my furnace doesn't work because that right. is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So you just have to, you know, be wise when you're picking your travel, if you're going to do it full time, it, it's, it is important. Yeah. Awesome. The planned and unplanned. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a little of both. A little of both. Yeah, you know, be nice. To, I, I think that we need to just be nice to each other. You know, be nice to ourselves first and then mm-hmm. to others. Yeah. And help each other out. You know, we're doing this together. As a, it seems like as a movement. Yeah, kind of, right? You know, it seems to be a thing. And, and I think that's awesome that we have the opportunity to do that because many women, you know, in days past have not been able to do the things that we're doing. Yeah, and not to take it for granted and to remember to appreciate the privilege that we do have to, to live this lifestyle, for sure. We, we do have. We are very privileged, yes. Yeah. But yeah, I mean... If it's there, it's in your heart to do it. I mean, gosh, why not? Yeah. Make mistakes. Have fun. Breathe. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Terry. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing about your journey with us. It's been really great. Yeah, anytime. It is is a blessing. And, And I appreciate talking to you and being able to share the things I've learned. I really want to thank my guest, Terry, today. Uh, this episode was recorded in February, and I am happy to report that Terry did reach her goal of making it to the Pacific Ocean. Here are my key takeaways. Number one, you need to have good planning skills for this kind of lifestyle, but you also don't know what you're going to encounter until you get out there. Number two, traveling and living in an RV can be cheaper than living in a house, but that does depend on how you travel. Number three, remember everyone is out here learning. So if you get something wrong or mess up, there's nothing to be ashamed about. Number four, anticipate that you will be lonely from time to time. Set some things up to prepare. Terry is writing a book. If you can think of something that you could do, take with along the way with you to keep you busy when loneliness sets in. Number five, You don't know what you want until you get out there. Terry discovered that she likes having both a home base and the time to travel. Get out there and see what works for you. Number six, if you can find a break, like a discount on camping fees or a free night here and there, take advantage of it because those expenses do add up. And number seven, if money is an issue, it will overshadow everything. So plan your budget and your travel around what you can afford. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Solo Women RV podcast. You can find more content and sign up for our email list over at solowomenrv.com. And if you like what you heard today, please consider becoming a podcast sponsor. Details can be found over at anchor.fm slash Kathy-Belge. And if you heard something today that you think someone else could benefit from, please consider sharing this episode with them or leave us a review on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Solo Women RV theme music is Field Station from Nicole Potolsky.
And until next week, we'll see you out there on the road.